Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and that means, of course, yes, I am Ken Napsack. And logically, it follows that I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And thereafter, it would be Jennifer Landa. <laughs> hey! 
Everyone is here. We are ready to discuss breaking news from a long time ago or just this week diving into some interviews that raise some uh, wonderful questions and thought starters. And uh, maybe we'll do some rumor killing and rumor building. I don't know. We're going to dive into a lot of cool things here. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have our Four Center recommends a book, a book that we're actually reading and going to review, but maybe that we think you should try out on us. Uh, we had a lot of fun on Friday doing a live Q&A, and prior to that, we had a lot of fun doing a live Star Wars rank directly to our Patreon supporters before releasing it to the public, which leads Joseph directly into our current ask. We're having a lot of fun asking and receiving support. It feels good. <laughs> it does. It does. And we, we have a we have a double A today. Two uh, related but different asks. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the, the Patreon. Uh, as of yesterday, when this is released, May 1st, we released the next episode, Chapter 2 of Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast. A big, long discussion about Raiders of the Lost Ark that is available now uh, to our patrons. Eventually, after Dial of Destiny comes out, it'll be available to everyone but if you want to join us on the indie journey that is happening right now on patreon we're so excited uh, that we passed our goal so jennifer is going to be doing a series of youtube videos uh, diving into great topics in star wars more on that soon uh, but right now that means we have a new goal we are building uh, to two thousand two hundred dollars a month at which point ken and i will do another star wars ranked live stream just like this one that we just put out uh, on YouTube, uh, we originally did it with just our patrons on the live stream. Now it's available publicly, as Ken was saying, and it is a, a discussion of our favorite scenes in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. So if we get to that next goal on Patreon, we'll do another one of those. So that's 1A down. Uh, the second A is shorter. Maybe sweeter? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we, uh, we are really inspired by hearing more from all of our listeners and making uh, future plans uh, for for Center, as you can all tell, we've really been putting a lot of thought into YouTube, a lot of thought into Patreon, and a lot of thought about the future in general. And it helps to know what people are interested in. So we're doing a survey. Uh, that survey is going to close on May 17th, 8 p.m. Pacific. Right now, we've got about uh, 400 responses. We would love to get a little bit closer to about 1,000 uh, responses. And then uh, statistically, that will be a, a great representative of what uh, we believe our, our core audience is. That would be a great result for a survey. And I think, honestly, that we've heard from a ton of uh, people who are, like, very all in. <laughs> people who uh, support us on Patreon, people who listen to every episode, people who are active on social media. If you're a listener who, who listens regularly, but maybe you're not on Patreon, maybe you're not on social media, in particular, we'd really love to hear from you so we have a real sample of our entire audience from kind of our most casual uh, fan supporters to our most diehard. So if you're interested in filling that out, here is the uh, link. It is surveymonkey.com slash r slash vjk8. K seven nine. Very easy to remember, I'm sure, <laughs> by me just saying it once. It's also on our social media on Twitter. So if you want to check it out, you can find it there. That's it. Those are the A's. Uh, great thing. And just to support that ask there, uh, uh, personally, I, I experienced this the other day. I was trying to log on to Anchor, what used to be Anchor for my other other podcast I have. And uh, a survey came up and I went, oh, God damn it. And I was like, well, wait a minute. 
I'm experiencing the other side of this. It's <laughs> valuable information as we build uh, towards the future. And the, and the key word there is build towards the future and find the best way forward for, for us and, and you and all. So uh, I humbly uh, uh, ask as well as, uh, I can't, don't say it as well as Joseph did, who, by the way, has a second career in marketing research. <laughs> the, the survey is great. So anyways, um, enough about that. I appreciate you all answering our asks. It's good. Um, Star Wars Life Adventures always pops up before the news, and I can't wait to hear what you all experience because I think uh, there's a lot out there in Star Wars to experience this weekend, <laughs> uh, whether you attended it or not. So, Jen, anything that uh, popped up for you? Yeah. So this this uh, my kids have been sick. <laughs> just like <laughs> I, it's every month I, Joseph and Ken, I'm like uh, so my other one's sick now and it's it's just constant <laughs> so they were both home sick and my little one uh, the three-year-old we were trying to find something to watch because they've watched everything at this point and she said I want to watch that which was Tales of the Jedi and it was <laughs> a thumbnail with baby Ahsoka mm-hmm. now she had seen mm-hmm. this before uh, I don't think that she remembered it. I don't know, but she just, she's obsessed with babies. And so I was like, all right, let's watch it. That's exciting. So we watched it and she was obsessed. And my seven-year-old was really getting into it too, helping her get ready for the the saber-toothed tiger looking creature mm-hmm. that comes later on in the episode. Um, I just was so blown away. And I've seen, I don't know how many times, but just really seeing the, the Tegruta culture, I think mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, and so then my toddler was really obsessed afterwards and she kept saying, baby, Jessica, baby, Je-. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you guys might remember that story from the, uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how does your three-year-old daughter know about baby Jessica in the well? <laughs> exactly. I was like, Ahsoka, Ahsoka. So anyways, she was so enamored with her that I was like, ooh, maybe I can make her like, maybe there's a baby Ahsoka online that I could buy her a custom. There is not. I found one post on StarWars.com of a woman mm. who made a, ba- a toddler Ahsoka doll. Mm. And I just, I got to the point, I was like, you know what? I'm just. I'm not going to do it. I don't have the time to DIY anymore. Uh, uh, but Hasbro, please make a baby Ahsoka. You'd make a killing. Yeah, seriously. You know, for a company that gets accused, even going back to 1983 of doing things for toys, it doesn't yeah. do it as much as you want. So yeah. I don't the case. Yeah, exactly. That was uh, our that was our Star Wars adventure for this week. Beautiful. That's beautiful stuff. Yeah, move over, baby Grogu. <laughs> right, exactly. There's another baby in town. Baby Jessica <laughs> is here. Uh, that's amazing. What a time. What a reference. There you go. Uh, Joseph, what about you, sir? A lot out there to choose from. I don't know if uh, you had the time to choose all of it, uh, but... Yeah, no, after after my sort of epic Star Wars adventure going to that uh, Ben Burt talk last week, I had a, a much lighter Star Wars uh, I- adventure week, uh, mostly mm-hmm. recording podcasts, uh, planning stuff, looking ahead to May the 4th. Uh, this weekend, I power read uh, the novel uh, Battle Scars. We're finally going to discuss it. So that was a, a great Star Wars adventure. Uh, I scrolled away from posts about Jedi Survivor because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't play it right now. I don't have a PS5. And even if I did, I, I don't have the time uh so here are the two uh, small star wars adventures i had i've uh, been uh, obviously talking about indiana jones um i, I wanted to wait it, i watched raiders i got so excited about our talk i just wanted to watch temple of doom immediately and i was mm-hmm. like mm, i want to wait until closer when we're going to actually record so i'm going to wait uh but then for lunch i've been watching all of these old documentaries on this blu-ray set i got that are from 81 
Mm. Um, that are, it clearly seems like a very Lucas uh, move that Lucas clearly hired a filmmaker to be around for the entire filming of mm. uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's about two hours of total footage. I have like 90 minutes or 90, uh, half an hour left. Um, and it, it's, it, it's all just great stuff seeing Spielberg at work and behind the scenes of Indiana Jones because it really is the, the, the shooting. But mm. then they're just fun details of like, Lucas just seems like such an actual fan of his friend Spielberg. Like Lucas yeah. isn't in the document documentary too much, but when he is, he's just like, Steven's just, he knows so much. He's just, he's got it all under control. It's so great. We're ahead of schedule actually. Like mm, <laughs> there's this great, great love. And then there's one scene in the background uh, where a, a very young Kathleen Kennedy is just eating a sandwich in the background. <laughs> and I did the total like Leonardo DiCaprio point. Like yeah. the woman who will lead Lucasfilm in the background eating a sandwich. That's where it all begins. That's right. Yeah. So that was a fun, uh, fun adventure. And then um, my wife and I went out uh, on Saturday night uh, to stop at a couple of different stores. We wanted to go to an independent bookstore for independent bookstore day. Uh, she had a coupon for uh, frankly booze at a booze store and uh, it was it was being a real not Star Wars night. And then we turned the corner and they had a bunch of can coolers of Star Wars characters. So I did buy a Yoda can cooler. <laughs> he, he looks I'll post I'll be posting him on social media a lot. Uh, maybe I'll do a four center short. It's great because the ears pop out from the can and he looks really judgmental like you shouldn't be enjoying that particular beer. Oh, That's my great. gosh. That's amazing. I think I have a Grogu one somewhere. We will do a series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are my adventures. How about you, Ken? Uh, you know what? All right. I I I, t- I tell you what. I got into Star Wars funk. I got into Star Wars funk, and I just uh, uh, I, I I without spoiling anything because I can't spoil anything. I haven't even completed the opening uh, cold open of the video game. I I finally cracked open Jedi Survivor. I, I was a little disappointed in in, in the game and. I'm not feeling the joy of it, and uh, I'm so happy other people are. I feel it's a four center test, uh, not for not for us, but like a lot of people in our Discord are just they're so happy and they're loving the game. And then here I come along, going not for me, and I need the grace that sometimes we give other folks when they say we don't love Rise of Skywalker or Solo or something. Right? I just I need the support because I'm working through it. I'm working through it, but I felt real down. I felt I just felt like ah oh, man, this uh, what's going on? And and then I re just this morning was sitting there reading part of battle scars and there's just a great uh, interaction, a great conversation uh, between two characters that just, uh, I don't know, just one of those really fulfilling star Wars moments um, where the intersection of, of what star Wars means to the real world and what the story means to us and what uh, we can take out of it and what we put into it, all those kind of wonderful spiritual things kind of was like, Oh, that's right. This is why I love star Wars. This is why we keep coming back to star Wars and one game or one part of a game not being for me does not uh, need to dampen the spirits of uh, of Star Wars inside me. So uh, it was a good reminder, and I needed it. I needed it because I was a little bummed, a little bummed on Sunday. Uh, hmm. I wanted to love it. I don't. And that's okay because there's a lot of Star Wars out there. Absolutely. And, right. I, and I, yeah, I, I think that's a very good way to say it. We need to be honest when something doesn't entirely click for us and practice what we preach, preach, not mm-hmm. peach, uh, and, and say exactly as you're saying, like, ah, the gameplay just, it isn't for me. It's just not, not mm-hmm. clicking and have that be, uh, something that uh, <laughs> there is space to say while also celebrating that other people love it. Yeah. Um, 
it's kind of interesting. We so often are able to dive all the way into uh, television shows and mm-hmm. movies. We've fallen behind a little bit on the books and the comics, but we're we're often so all in. It's it's interesting place for Jedi Survivor of like I don't know when I'm going to be able to play it. Right. Uh, y- y- the gameplay isn't for you. I have no doubt that the the story of the video game is going to be for me because I love the story of the first fallen order. I mm-hmm. love the characters and battle scars. I really like these characters, <laughs> but I don't know when I'm going to be able to play it. Uh, so it's, it's it, this kind of fun thing to have this, there's this sparkly star Wars story <laughs> that I know I will love that everybody else is experiencing. Some people have already experienced it three times and posted it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know when I will get to experience it, but I am, certain i will love the story even if i'm challenged by the gameplay yeah and it was because I was, I was streaming it which is also it's it's i'm happy to do that and it's fun and it's 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 content hashtag content creation it's great and a lot of people popped in to watch but it's also a weird experience because i kept getting like the, oh just you got to get to this level and then it becomes a little more open world or lower mm. your skill level and you know, i was trying to play it at medium and eventually i'll go to story <clears> but, it, but it wasn't that it was the re- Competitive nature that doesn't work for me. If you walk down a hall, you slice stormtroopers. You walk down a hall, there's two more stormtroopers, and they're all on lunch break, and you interrupt them, you kill them. It was just a little repetitive for me, but it was funny. I I was laughing because I was like, oh, I've been on that side where a friend of mine's like, I just don't like solo. I'm like, but you got to get to the point. <laughs> you got to get to the theme, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I just don't like it. And I was on the other side of that, which is why I'm asking for forgiveness, humble. I don't know, humbly. You know what I'm hearing? I, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that. You are imagining that all these stormtroopers are on their lunch break. And mm-hmm. I think this is just a <laughs> celebration of you loving lunch and lunch breaks. Yes. And you, you, this is not a fantasy that you want to act out is interrupting people <laughs> on their lunch break. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, it's that Star Wars tradition of you walk up on two stormtroopers and one of them goes, oh, you see that new geek TK unit? Uh, and it's usually Dave Collins and Sam. We're doing all the voices. Right, it's, right. It's the same thing again. So maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And they actually have a conversation about what essentially is space hot dogs. One of them. Oh. <laughs> so you, Joseph, you're probably very right. Uh, I'm defending space hot dogs. Yeah, yeah they're, they're yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna let it go now. We'll, we'll talk about it, it more later. I'll let it go. And by the, I, and about, I'm not stopping. I'm gonna play the game. I've seen some screenshots. Other people have shared. It looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, I've I I I think I was like in a. I like the characters, and then by the end of Battle Scars here, I'm like, oh no, no, I I dig these dig these characters a lot, and and so I'm gonna follow the journey as best I can. So there we go. Star Wars awesome. Adventures, far and wide. And yes, the th- all three of us did not get a chance to go out and see Return of the Jedi in theaters. And no. so many people did. Uh, Joseph and I talked a little bit about on Friday on the, on the live stream. Just didn't work out schedule-wise, and I know it's still playing locally. It's not going to work out schedule-wise. But so all your photos, everything looked wonderful. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm still going going to see it yet. Uh, I, 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 I was I was turned by um, yeah, I am obviously uh, busy and struggling to keep up with everything, but seeing everybody's posts and then my wife pointed out uh, a later time in the week that I was playing. So we're going. Yeah. Love, it. Love it. Well, you're going to represent all of us. <laughs> there you go. I'll make a uh, paper mache heads. <laughs> both of you and put them on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not we'll creepy update. at all. Not creepy at all. <laughs> Joseph will provide the update next week on how how many times you've asked to leave with our paper machine. <laughs> 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 
Get to some Star Wars news and uh, I, one of those maybe down periods, but there's news emerging out of some interviews and that's actually kind of fun. So uh, in a nine minute video for Esquire's Explain This series, Damon Lindelof sat there in a director's chair looking at an iPad uh, and looking at all the things people say about him. It's interesting. I don't know if they're <laughs> interesting video series. Uh, he was asked about him being, quote, in talks to join the Star Wars universe. He answered very directly, very briefly. Uh, Lindelof uh, answered that he wasn't just in talks. He joined the universe and, with a little bit of pained laughter, was asked to leave the universe in his own words. He also said he would absolutely get back in line and try to re-enter the club. He didn't seem too hurt about it, at least publicly. Uh, he uh, said, of course, I'd still love to figure out how to do some Star Wars. And uh, look, in these days ruled by rumors and uh, all those kind of things, you want to talk about how... We'll start here, uh, Joseph. Uh, how, how do you feel about Lindelof offering some clarity, putting little uh, quotations around some clarity? Obviously, we don't know all the uh, happenings there, but he was pretty direct about it, I thought. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel great about uh, direct and, and honest answers, uh, particularly uh, delivered with a sense of humor and a sense of reality. Mm -hmm. Um I saw okay. these headlines and I was like, ooh, interesting. And, you know, the headlines yes. uh, contain almost the entire quote. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Uh, and then some of the articles are like, ooh, yeah, I got to I got to dig into this. What podcast was this? What else does he say? What's the context? Uh, and for anybody who hasn't had time to watch this eight minute video, it is it, it's it's not quite Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 But it is a sit down and get asked a mix of fun and kind of challenging questions, like poking at the big things that people always ask you and answer them honestly, but with a sense of fun. It is a little bit of a, a let's have, we're going to torture test a creator right. and see if they can have a sense of fun while they're poked about big, important things to them in their career and assumptions about them and, and all that. Mm -hmm. And he answers, I think, in an extremely healthy way, which is, very honest he could have just made a joke that entirely just you know says like I'll, I'll let me talk to my team of 800 lawyers to see what i can say hey i love star right. wars and moved on right he could have mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but i think this is something that uh, uh some creators like damon lindelof in my opinion uh jj abrams as well uh they have been through the ringer of criticism and they intend to keep creating and they have, I think, a pretty healthy, like, I am aware <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. pe people love my projects and some people, my name is a swear word to them. And I have to accept that in order to yeah. continue functioning in creating. And I'm, so I'm going to have a bit of a sense of humor about it. So I do yeah. like that it was a direct answer with a sense of humor. And I do think it was, it's tell, it, it, this is a jokey way to say, <clears throat> I, there was an agreement for me to make a Star Wars project. I, I, did a draft of the Star Wars project. It mm. wasn't what they wanted. And yeah. so they said no. So I'm not working with Star Wars anymore. Uh, but Star Wars is clearly continuing to expand and I would love to try again. Mm. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward is like, you know, do you, do you want to work at your local indie bookstore? Like I applied and they didn't have any openings. I'll apply again. <laughs> I'll try again. It's like trying to get into a comedy festival. Yeah, I uh, I really like what you're saying because I saw the headlines and there's another story we haven't really touched upon yet. And I don't know if we will because I can't actually find the source of it, which is uh, some of the stuff around uh, Tamara Morrison and what he said. I'll just be All honest right. with you. It's out there. I, oh, I, yeah. I want to hear it. I want to hear his perspective. But I, I just 
you know, you hear it, you're like, well, just taking it at face value sounds really, really bad. It does sound honest at, at, at best, but uh, I couldn't find just video of him saying it. Uh, so I was saw the headlines too, and I had a little bit reaction of what, similar to what you have, Joseph, of like, oh, okay, here we go. And then the context really helped. Again, it was a, a detailed information of, of, of him getting fired from the project. No, and I wouldn't expect that, but it was just like, yeah, yeah. And, and that actually... Um, uh, provided some sort of comfort for me. I don't know. I don't know if I need comfort, but sometimes the news headlines can be a little harsh and they can be spun into a harsh commentary. And I loved actually just uh, seeing what he said. So, so Jen, your thoughts on uh, this, uh, this shot of uh, clarity. Yeah. Th- this is why there are so many misunderstandings on Twitter, on anything involving text, because mm. we don't know the per- person's in the way that they're, you know, their inflection and their voice, right? Mm-hmm. You could even say, said in a joking way. Well, how is he joking? Is it snarky? Mm-hmm. Is it angry joking? Is it like, but once you see the video, it's really just kind of offhanded. It's mm-hmm. honest. I I had never seen him speak before and I'm a fan. He is charming. Mm-hmm. He is I don't want to say self-deprecating, but like he he gets it. Like he like you're like you guys are saying, like he knows he knows what his name attached to a project means to some people. And I just thought it was such a great way to diffuse any tension and kind of set the record straight. Like, yes, this happened and it didn't work out, but I'd, be, I'd love to go be love to uh, join them again which is a little bit different than when I had heard Lord and Miller on a podcast and they went, talked about it at length and they joked about it as well, but it seemed very clear. Like there's no, there's no, their way they're going back. Like the way that things ended it, I don't want to say it didn't end well, but basically it was very clear that they do their own thing and Lucasfilm does their own thing mm-hmm. and that they're not meeting in the middle. So yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I just thought that this was, this was great. And in some ways it was like, he was kind of roasting himself. <laughs> yeah. I just, I appreciate that. It's like, wow, this is Damon freaking Lindelof. And they asked him like, you know what? It's not working. You got to leave. I, wow. Even at that level, can you imagine like you think you're doing a star Wars thing and it's like, no, I'm sorry. Here's the door. Yeah. Oof, wow. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's funny. You bring, you bring up Lord Miller. I was going to say a little, little sub conversation out of this. It's interesting. The reactions to, his name and his name in Star Wars and his name being asked to leave Star Wars. It's so varied because I, I felt Lord and Miller, uh, and even now I think they're, they're loved a little bit more widely at this point in their, their careers because of a lot of the, in the Spider-Verse stuff and, and mm-hmm. things they've done in the past. And so there's, I don't think a lot of benefit of the doubt given to anything on the Lucasfilm side. And again, it's a large corporation. It's, it's, it's no one's asking, you know, inside asking them to, to defend the company, um, asking us to, I should say, but, but you know what I mean? Where it's just like, they, that was a mistake. This is that. And, 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 but Lindelof's name, I literally could ask four friends and it would be split down the middle on whether they like him or not. Right. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's just interesting to see that conversation around the star Wars world. Why have some people who are celebrating this decision, Mm. Uh, and then I have other people who are like, boo, boo, this should have the big mistake, big mistake. So it's it's a, <laughs> just a fun side note to it all. Mm. Yeah. Um, so here's the other thing, too. There was rumors or at least a big giant rumor headline that came out around the same time. And I thought that, oh, maybe he is speaking to those rumors 
in this um, uh, video, and, and he's not. But uh, I was too far down the path of, ooh, let's just talk about this to pull back. I'll admit that there. So it was mentioned in the Esquire articles surrounding this video, and, and so echoed by Esquire, are there these rumors running wild that the Lindelof led, along with Justin Britt Gibson's story, uh, uh, evolved around, uh, or excuse me, revolved around uh, uh, an elderly Ray. You know, that's the term going around. <laughs> what what does what is elderly? I'm elderly to some people. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone over twenty five is elderly in our society, right? right. Uh, uh, maybe a legally uh, can get your AARP card, Ray. Training two Jedi Knights, one played by Yaya uh, Abdul-Mateen II, which was a, a part of the larger rumor. So, again, just a rumor, um, but some of that stuff is 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 interesting. I think some of the conversation around it um, already started to get frustrating as if it's uh, yay or nay. You can only have one or the other. And I'll just start by saying, as we play the rumor game, I, I, I do like both ideas. Uh, I, I think I like one better. I think it makes more business sense at this point in time, but we'll talk about that there. But I want to I want to play the game a little bit here and start with you, Jen. Uh, what do we like about this idea? Because maybe one day we could get it. Maybe the club opens up again and, and Lindelof can get back in line with this idea. What do we like about that idea? I'm laughing because when I saw this rumor on Twitter, which I've not been on Twitter very often for this very reason, I laughed. I laughed because elderly made me think of somebody like really old, like 90. (laughs) And then they said Helen Mirren. I'm like, Helen Mirren is like, she's thriving. She's not elderly. She was just at Willie Nelson's concert last night um, (laughs) backstage. Like, come on. Uh, I I love this idea because I cannot. Can you imagine? They're like, the new Star Wars movie, Star Wars is back in theaters, starring Helen Mirren. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. The fandom would would explode. They would explode. I would love it. But we know that's not going to not going to drive people. Well, the fans, perhaps some fans to the box office. Um mm-hmm. Story wise, I think bringing back a younger Ray makes sense. I was already thinking about how I'm going to get my daughter, my seven year old. It'll be perfect for her. I'm going to catch her up to speed with a sequel trilogy and then we'll be able to go (laughs) see this new movie in Mm. theaters. Um, But I could see a Helen Mirren type character if she was almost like a like a Dumbledore overseeing a bunch of younger people. I think that that could really work. Or you know what? Maybe like 15, 15 years from now when all of the Star Wars fans have really aged up, they're going to want to do like an Expendables type Star Wars movie for us. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, gosh. But I love the idea of a 77-year-old woman training yeah. two Jedi Knights. That would be yeah. pretty badass. There's something cool about it. I, I, I'm not immediately, like I said, I don't think it's a, it's a yay or nay. It's, it's, it's a, why not have both eventually, uh, Joseph? There's something that I really like about this. But what, uh, what do you like about this idea? Maybe there's negative things we all have, but what do you like about the idea? Yeah, I mean, before I, I can allow myself to even consider the idea, I have to really process uh, how deep the rumors are. In yeah. the Esquire article, there's a link on like, these rumors have been running wild. When you click that link, it takes you to a Hollywood Reporter article about that that we've all discussed and read about the whole Lindelof project. That article contains nothing about <laughs> yeah. speculation that it's that it's elderly Helen Mirren Ray training two Jedi Knights. <laughs> Helen Mirren Ray. Oh, I love so this. When the link to the rumors don't even contain the rumors. Yeah. 
uh, I get my dump truck of salt to take the rumor with. So just, just wanted to say that. Um, uh, cause maybe it's true that that's what the pitch was yeah. really, really maybe not too. Yeah. Um, but if totally. that's what the Lindelof, uh, Brick Gibson script was, I, I really like the idea. Um, I particularly like the idea of, um, a wise mentor Jedi of advanced years, <laughs> mm-hmm. 77. Uh, I was joking that everyone over 25 is made to feel elderly by mm-hmm. our society, but I think that's being pushed back on more and more. There's so mm-hmm. many uh, older people thriving like Harrison mm-hmm. Ford and, you mm-hmm. know, um, presidents and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Helen Mirren, absolutely extremely active at uh, 77. Judy Dench still out there, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, endless, endless examples of of older people still uh, thriving. Um, so I, I, I'm, I think the the picture of an uh, of an older Jedi Knight with two younger Jedi Knights is great. I don't know that I need it to be Ray or that it's my first choice for it to be Ray. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to see that story just randomly in the High Republic. Um, I love Jocasta New. Uh, let's make a Jocasta New <laughs> movie with Helen Mir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now you're talking. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I think for me, we'll, we'll get into it it, it more. But um, I think I'm really affected by not wanting to skip over Ray's prime when we have an actor in their prime. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I have a hard time getting past. It's kind of a, a weird comparison. I love the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. But it always sort of frustrated me that the first two films are an origin story of how he became 007. Mm. And then we get three movies where the message is he's getting too old for this bleep. Like he just <laughs> like particularly the jump from Quantum of Solace to Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the movies work well. I love the movies. But it, like one movie where he's in his prime. Right, you know, and I think for me, I would have been thrilled by the movie. I would have been thrilled by Helen Mirren Ray, if that's true. I would have went. I would have enjoyed it. I would have celebrated it. But there'd be a part of me of like, why are we skipping over the prime? Yeah. What is the reason? Is there a reason we're skipping over the prime? Yeah, well, I think that transitions nicely. You know, my my two cents are. Uh, I really do like this idea, and I actually get your point, Joseph, that it could be. Anyone, uh, not just the character Ray, but I'm excited that people would have an interest in long-term Ray and and what you know, even even looking at Mangold's uh, Dawn of the Jedi thing. We were talking about this on the live stream Friday about this this you know biblical uh, Ten Commandments, Cain versus Abel kind of thing. What happens with these two Jedi's that she's training and and what's the conflict? That's all very interesting, and I'd love to get to it. But but to, to transition to it, you're you're exactly in line where I'm thinking is this is as if. In 1993, George said, screw it. We're doing episode seven mm-hmm. and we get to experience what a lot of people do feel they're they're missing. And what, you know, this isn't a conversation about Last Jedi, but just a general thing of like, hey, Force Awakens, uh, Last Jedi, we, we got older Luke and he's on a hill. And there's been a lot of things that have happened because we didn't get a chance to tell those stories with Mark Hamill in 1993 or 2001. All right. We went a different direction. And now we have a chance. The Star Wars is so... Um, just ex- expansive in what it offers to us all now that now we have a chance to, to like you're saying, reign or prime about now we get to experience. We got 15 years and there's 15 years of stories to learn about how we got to that point. But, uh, and even that 15 years could be, you know, who knows relative or, or just, uh, 
a guesstimate at this point, even though it was said directly, they could change that could change along the way. But, uh, you know, I, but we, we get to do this. So let's experience mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's goes with the excitement of, of, of Finn or Poe or Larma Daisy or after Akbar, any of those characters. I don't, we talked a lot about the story possibilities last time out. Uh, and we, and we probably will again about the episode 10 idea that da, 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 da. I, I like the, I like this movie of its own identity, but we do get to live in a, in a time period closer to the events of Rise of Skywalker. And that's exciting for me as a fan too. So, um, mm-hmm. yep. Jen, your thoughts there. I think I, I'm really excited about, seeing Ray in her prime. And the reason why is I've had a really difficult time with my, with my kids introducing them to the original trilogy, because when we have, my daughter did love a a new hope, but every time she's like, when's Leia coming back? When's Mm. Leia? And part of the reason why is because now there is such a plethora of, of movies that she can watch specifically Disney with female protagonists. And that's a cathartic experience for her. And Mm. yes, she likes young Anakin and she thinks that that's really fun, but she's really attached to Ray. And she was playing Lego star Wars this morning. And she's like, ah, I don't want to be BB-8. I want to be Ray. I want to be Ray. And she was getting really frustrated. And that's when it dawned on me where I was like, Oh, she's probably ready for the force awakens. This could be, and see, I was just imagining how it's going to blow her mind. And then I was envisioning, like I said, you know, 2025, where I get to take her to this, to this new Star Wars film and Ray at the center, not that she's necessarily the lead, right? Mm-hmm. But going on that journey, it's something that I always wanted when I was a kid. I was like, what happens after Return of the Jedi? I want to see Leia training. And, you know, we, we never saw that. And so it would be really cool, or it is really cool that we're going to, mm-hmm hopefully see some version of that for kids who are now growing up with these new characters. Yeah. It's just of the time. I remember like when we were waiting for that Kenobi movie, Joseph, you were <laughs> like, we have the, we have the actor, we have the perfect time. <laughs> yes. got to happen and we got to experience it. So yeah, uh, Joseph, more thoughts from you, I'm sure. But uh, uh, I'm right in line with what you're thinking. Prime Ray, Prime Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Prime Ray. Yeah, I, I think, and it's not that I don't love the idea of Elderly Ray. And, and mm-hmm. as you're saying, Ken, I do want to see that uh, story someday. That's powerful. But I think there's also that possibility that we've we've seen that recently with with yes. Luke truly reaching um, <laughs> at mm-hmm. uh, at a much younger age, reaching his twilight. The first Star Wars film is Obi Wan Kenobi, the mentor, reaching his twilight and really ready to hand the baton. Mm-hmm. Um, if this movie continues to be, it's 15 years after the events of the sequel trilogy. That puts Ray at about 35 years old. Oh. Ray is 19 in The Force Awakens. Not that much time passes over the course of the sequel trilogy. You know, yeah. leave a little bit of wiggle room for, hey, di- different uh, planets uh, have different daily rotations. Age is <laughs> probably a little harder to nail down in the galaxy yeah. far, far away. But around 35 years old, even if she's not the one central main character even if it's an ensemble Mm -hmm. even if she doesn't go on like a big journey of change uh but she is a steadfast present who is uh, presence who is who is challenged and must rise to the challenge 35 years old while trying to bring up the next generation is an age and perspective that we haven't spent a lot of time with in star wars Mm -hmm. outside of arguably obi-wan in the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is, I think a part of a lot of people's life journey that we haven't been spending a lot of time with. We spend a lot of time with coming of age stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, more recently, I think partially because we've been so 
culture has been interested in rebooting and revisiting, we've actually been really lucky to be spending time with older characters looking back at kind of the totality of their lives. Mm-hmm. What we haven't spent time with is Ray being like, I'm still living my life. I'm an adult who still needs and wants things. There's mm-hmm. still decades ahead of me, but also I'm a caregiver. Um, honestly, like this feels to me like a, a mom movie. Mm-hmm. If she's trying to raise kids, like I, I'm still in the prime of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm 35 and I have things I want to do and I want to be. And one of them is to raise the next generation. Mm-hmm. It's just not a perspective that we've sat with a ton. Maybe Hera, not in it from a Jedi perspective, but maybe Hera mm-hmm. fits into yeah. this slot, you know? Uh, but for the Jedi, the arc of the Jedi from those first steps, those coming of age, those crucial choices, we've got a ton of that, we've got a ton of looking back and and passing uh, the the baton to the next generation. We don't have the smack dab in the middle, mm-hmm. again, with the exception of what we want in the prequels. I really love what you're saying here. This is a, a, a player who's uh, still signed the big contract and has got six years in New York. All right, this is top of the top of the flight, <laughs> Ray. But but uh, yeah, yeah. As much as we talk about the building blocks of Star Wars that are always present, uh, uh, new and old, uh, generational change that that will be there. Uh, but I, in the big screen, on a big giant way, this would be a little bit of a of a break in format, right? In a roundabout sort of way, I think the Kenobi series is it's different. Uh, vibes one of the reasons i'm so thankful for to, to get a character mm-hmm. at a different point yeah um and again if if we had luke skywalker in 1993 uh you know air the empire novels uh, aside or even if george did that directly which I, I don't think would be the case you know that's that that's what i'm talking about that's what's exciting to me and there's a lot of possibilities i love this angle but jen will bring in you uh, you here with your valuable perspective on something like this uh, uh ray with a lot of things on her plate and wanting to do all of it uh, what do you think about all that? I love it. And you know, it's, I had to look at her age because I was like, oh, she's going to have to be aging up. No, I, I still think of her as like, you know, 20, 20 something. She's 31 years old. So this, this is kind of perfect for her. And it, it is exciting that we're in an age where we can get this main actor in her prime living out this, these fantasies that we have about this character. Um, it's really thrilling. Uh, yeah, but you know, would I love to see Jane Fonda in a Star Wars movie? Sure, why not? She's 86. Yeah, Fonda, Lily Tomlin, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Oh my gosh, can you imagine the two of them in Star Wars? Oh boy, oh boy. I mean, they belong in Mando season four, then let's just, yeah, they're they're probably filming right now for Mando season four. (laughs) Are they Star Wars fans? Because you know, that's what they said about Jack Black and Lizzo. If they're Star Wars fans, they're in. We need to meet Pelly's relatives, and I think uh, I think those two would be great as Pelly's relatives. Oh, like if they're Pelly's moms, yep. Oh, yep. It could happen. All right, <gasps> let me see. Do I have Favreau's number? He was no. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, the house is great. No, I love this stuff here. Uh, this is when um, the rumor game uh, angers me, but sometimes the stories or the potentials and the what ifs are fun to talk about, and that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the the balance I'm trying to find here. And I love this. I think you both have great thoughts on this here. We'll keep you updated, uh, you know, or you keep us updated. Sometimes you all post some wonderful things in the Star Wars news section on Discord. And they go, oh, I missed that. Oh, here's a great little Love interview. So thank you to all of you who helped me. <laughs> 
happenings together. We're going to take a quick break. But speaking of Favreau and Filoni, oh, they sat for another interview. They seem to do that a lot these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of cool things come out of it sometimes there. So we're going to take a quick break before we do. It's our Four Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we have? After many, many times of recommending a book, I'm proud to finally be able to recommend a book that I've actually finished reading at the time I recommend it. Uh, I read Battle Scars by Sam Meggs this weekend. Ken and I are going to be uh, discussing it uh, very soon. So if you want to give it a try and you uh, prefer the audiobooks, you can check it out in audiobook form. Check it out. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. Other side, we got John and Dave sitting down for an interview. Stick around for more Four Center. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Four Center. Ken Napsock, Jennifer Lander, Joseph Scrimshaw, taking a look at all the latest Star Wars news. And we have a another look, so to speak, at the forthcoming New Republic film. John Favreau, or Favreau, you got to put the emphasis on the row for some folks there. Uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni once again sat down for an interview, this time for Entertainment Weekly's relatively new 58-episode podcast called The Dagobah Dispatch. Honestly, say, I didn't really know they had that till this uh, week, so that's cool. Uh, they were asked about the forthcoming New Republic-era film being a, quote, Avenger-style team-up. And I think, hey, that's a fair question. Uh, but maybe we'll finally get some clarification on that, despite Kathleen Kennedy's previous soft rebuttal of that idea. So uh, we uh, went to the interview. Uh, if you're uh, checking the link, you want to hear it yourself. About 41 minutes into the episode, you get the uh, uh, soundbite there, a little soundbite interview. And uh, this is what Filoni said. Uh, we're right in, uh, we're, excuse me, we're in the right area code. We are definitely in the right space. I think it's going to be, clamoring of a character saying, how do I get in this picture? And that's what John and I have been figuring out. So Filoni's answers, like any piece of art, can be taken many ways. So uh, Jennifer, how do you take that answer in regards to the Avenger-style team-up question? Which the article said that's what they asked, but even the question was a little vague. So what do you think? Well, he laughs. Filoni laughs right before he says we're in the right area code. And let me tell you, I listened to that several times. (laughs) I was dissecting that laugh. I'm like, oh, Oh, okay. So I, so you're telling me there's a chance. That's basically how I reacted to it. Because, I mean, look, if they do include Mando, Grogu, Ahsoka, Boba Fett, who knows who else in this movie, people will be lining up to see it. There is no doubt. They, they know this. But at the same time, they want to make sure it makes sense story-wise. And I just feel like I'm a kid waiting for for Christmas to happen. Like, what are you guys going to give us? What are you going to give us? Because Mm. I think they want it, but they want to make sure it's right. Yeah. No, that's one of the big points to come out of it there. So I like what you're saying there about that. And yeah, analyzing Filoni's uh, sometimes a little, uh, you know, uh, half smirk kind of smile answers. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of fun. Uh, Joseph, what's your thoughts on this? And and I'll say this, Avenger-style team-up to me has become – the new dark and gritty just kind of <laughs> out there because uh, there's a lot of characters from different places. It must be an Avenger style team up. So I don't think it's an incorrect thought. I just, I, I just, there's not a lot of evidence that whatever people expect with that is not necessarily what they might get, but we'll see. What do you think about this answer? Yeah. It's really interesting to think all the different ways that different people might interpret Avenger style yeah. team up and what that means and, yeah. and what baggage would come with that. Um, mm. Yeah, I, to me, it's important that I, the, uh, the interviewer, I do not think, says the A word, <laughs> <laughs> Avengers. Um, I, I believe what the interviewer, the interviewer talks about how they're building the Mandoverse, all these different shows. And then the interviewer says, is that the place, uh, <clears throat> meaning the movie, is that the place we might see all these forces combine? Right. Um, which, fair enough, that that is like, yes, are, are these different um, characters 
many of whom are already know one another and are already together yeah. um, and have a history together uh, is at the place they're going to come come together. And I feel like, you know, when Floney says we're in the right area code, we're definitely in the right space. I think he means like, in general, yes, this film will be a coming together of some of these characters. Yep, that's that's in general what this is. But I think when he says, I think it's going to be a clamoring of characters saying, how do I get in this picture? Uh, he, he's definitely saying it with a sense of humor. He's definitely saying it as a joke, right? He's yeah, putting yeah. it from the perspective like Boba Fett is raising his hand or mm-hmm. Fennec Shand or Zeb are raising their hand going, hey, can I get in? <laughs> Cobb Vance is raising his hand, uh, you know. Uh, right. The... the uh, <laughs> motorbike uh, punk gang <laughs> book of Boba Fett that people don't like the vet, the space Vespas. Maybe they're, maybe they're clamoring to get in. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, the movie is just trash leading them across. To yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Trash, oh trash crashes, uh, their space Vespa into Thrawn super weapon. Oh my gosh. And crisis averted. Now I think there is, uh, I, I, I think he's, he's, trying to be honest without spilling the beans like he always does and i think definitely phrasing it in a in a fun and jokey way and to me the way i would take a clamoring of characters saying how do i get in this picture it is um exactly what what john favreau goes on to say which you know we're going to talk about is yep no the the characters have to make sense in the story or, or the characters mm-hmm. aren't going to be there and i think knowing that Filoni in particular but favreau too lo- loves all the characters they've played with i'm sure in their minds like Pelly is raising her hand going, I'd like to be in there too. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, we love Amy Sedaris. Wouldn't it be great if she's in there? Does it work? Does it make sense? Because of course we'd like to. You know, I think for me, I kind of take it as a little bit of the old uh, writing wisdom of, you know, if you're a writer and you have a favorite line or a favorite beat that you really want to include, but then at the end of the day, you just got to be like, does it work? Does it make sense? Or do you, you know, that's where the whole kill your babies, kill your darlings. Mm. Um, comes from so uh, that that's the way I take it of like we would like to include every character but yeah. do they make sense yeah no you're both answering this uh, so wonderfully uh, I really love the uh, idea of these characters clamoring to get into the film you know knocking on the door and maybe in some cases with like tomorrow Morrison literally knocking on the door can I get in the film I get in the, I, I, I'm gonna go to a convention I want to talk about this here but it makes a lot of sense that uh, the expectations for all these characters to show up is there uh, I, I just I just like the vibe of, of these kind of you know, like jokey answers of, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we're building a universe, but, but throwing around the connecting universe. I still, I still keep going to this Filoni just kind of saying quietly in an interview recently, like I, you know, when asked, you know, does this uh, Mando three lead into Ahsoka? Like, I know I wouldn't say that. Like that kind of like, no, I want you all to make sure that this is its own thing, but it's part of the same timeline and, and it's maybe emotionally connected and maybe there's some actual connections, but it's not um, it's not that it's not that and and maybe that's the the marvel effect and but i don't even know if that's fair for marvel i don't know sometimes Mm -hmm. i think that criticism of marvel of it's just a commercial for the next one i i I totally get where that comes because the end credit scenes all this i I understand the vibe but i I don't even know if that's fair to the movies on an individual basis but uh um, i'll let others speak on that there uh john talked about the story uh needing to drive what characters both from existing shows and eu legends show up uh, and these kind of stories in the movie. And, and I think we both kind of touch upon that, that Jen, but it, it's kind of comforting to hear that, right? It, you, even though I could imagine that they've got a handle on that, they're not just going to throw talent card in there because they read the books. 
Exactly. And I think that this is an example of where I, again, I saw the discourse on Twitter and it was very, very negative about them, you know, having fun and picking their characters. And and I just kind of had to laugh because when I watched this interview and I listened to the podcast, they were very, very thoughtful about discussing how they mm-hmm. approach the story, how they include the characters. For example, when they talked about the process of determining who would save Grogu. You know, they said, who would we expect to see? Who would fans expect to see? And do we even need to see this person's face? Like they're going through all the different scenarios. They're not just being like, yeah, let's just bring Ahmed Best back. Like, no, Mm -hmm. everything that they do is very, very deliberate. And yes, they're having fun. And yes, they're imagining, ooh, if I had this action figure, whatever. But like, it is a very serious business and they're very uh, careful about which characters they include and why. There is clearly a why behind each one. Mm. A big why. We love those whys in Star Wars, Joseph. And uh, the why of Talon Card would be important. Yeah, yeah. And I think if, for me, the why is always there. And I truly understand sometimes it doesn't work for people. And even mm-hmm. e- they don't agree with the why or they see the why and they're still like, not for me. Um, I, I get that for for people who are really hungering for decades for a Boba Fett show that it feels jarring to spend yeah. two episodes, mostly with Din Djarin and Grogu. But there's yeah. a why there. They they feed into a Boba Fett story. They reflect Boba Fett's story. They uh, it, It's crucial to the climax. It's crucial to Boba Fett's argument that you need a tribe. Um, and uh, anyway, so, yeah. so for yeah. me, that's just a, an example of uh, supporting what you're both saying of, I, I think there's always a why I think for me, in order to try to control, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, spec wild speculation, I just kind of want to go back to what do they actually say? Mm-hmm. What do the creators say? And so far what they have said, what they announced about what this movie is, is a culmination of the Mandoverse. Okay. Plenty of different ways to take that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've said it's about the New Republic having to face down a serious imperial remnant. Mm -hmm. That's that's what we truly know. That's what was said on stage (laughs) um, at Star Wars Celebration. Mm -hmm. Could that be a a, an adaptation of Heir to the Empire? I think there are a lot of clues that that point in that general direction. But if we take it as here's the story. We've been building up in the Mandoverse that it's it's that it's not just about these characters. It's about these characters living through this specific age and through all these characters uh, trying to have a new beginning and some of them being really successful and some of them kind of stumbling and falling back into the problems of the past uh, heading toward the sequel trilogy. We're telling the story of this era. So if this movie is uh, about the New Republic versus an Imperial Remnant, if it is an adaptation, a version of Heir to the Empire, then it makes total sense to me what they're saying of proceeding from that, who who needs to be there? W- yeah. Would Boba Fett and Fennec Shand have a reason to fight that battle? What, what's right. personal to them that they would leave Tatooine and get involved in that? Or does the battle come there? Uh, if this is an adaptation of mm-hmm. Heir to the Empire and Leia isn't there, why not? Why isn't she involved? That's a, mm-hmm. a why question. Uh, you're joking about Talon Card, but like some of these big players from that era who've yet not yet made their way back into new canon, Talon Card, Joris of both. Mm-hmm. Um, do they fit into this version of the narrative? Um, mm-hmm. I think those are all the why questions that are being asked of. They know the story. Mm-hmm. They know what they want the big picture story about the New Republic versus this Imperial Remnant to be. Now, who are the characters who are going to best 
motivate that. Which, but, but basically the only question is Mara Jade, right? That's the only one. <laughs> Mara Jade, I think my biggest question is, is Jude Law Joris of both? That's really what's keeping me awake at night. Uh, you know, that's a good one to go on as well. No, I I, uh, I really uh, get what you're saying here and, and love it. I'm just, I, I, even as you're talking, you're reminding me that technically we haven't even seen the true threat emerge. You know, no. like we've seen it, we've seen it around, we've seen Gideon, we, we've heard the name Thrawn, we know it's there, we've, we've, if you were at a convention, you saw a face, but it, 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 it the threat hasn't emerged for me yet. And, and that's exciting. I mean, in an exciting way, like they're still getting a chance to form this, uh, and there's big stakes, uh, and, and I love that, the, the why that we get to explore this era, which is uh, generally leading to the, the final thought around this is John and Dave, uh, they, they said a lot of interesting things in this interview. And I like that you pointed out, Jen. There's, there's some, some great answers, sincerity. Uh, they really, uh, they really love this stuff. And John and Dave talked about getting to play in this post-return of the Jedi era, uh, uh, including uh, in the conversation that this is an opportunity that has emerged via success of shows like Mando and Book of Boba Fett, and, and the impending what I'm sure will be success of Ahsoka. Let's put some faith out there, um, <laughs> and that uh, there's some other supplemental. There's a lot of uh, interview stuff out there right now. But uh, Filoni saying there was another one I was reading uh, this weekend of. You know, we, we especially in the third season of, of Mando, felt we had a chance to build the, the, the climate, the political climate, the, the, the era of what's really going on, because that really wasn't what season one of Mando was about. It was, it was expanding into that world. We keep saying the show has kind of grown, and this is a force center thought of it. The, the show's kind of expanded and connected to the galaxy as the character has expanded his horizons and connected with the mm. larger story. So they finally get a chance to do this where they didn't know. They didn't know if they'd get a season two. They don't know that. There's the mm. business side. So I think they both talk with great excitement of now having this playing field and, and, and Dave and then John bringing it back to their youths, which is uh, roughly our youths as well, of always wondering. You mentioned it earlier, Jen. What happens to Luke and Leia and Han and everyone after Return of the Jedi? And, and because of... Um, the real world time, even Favreau says, hey, it's almost like a real world time jump to episode seven. Now we get to go back and that's exciting. And I was going to ask us as original trilogy era fans, and this is something that, uh, you know, it's always our perspective because it's the only perspective we have. Uh, <laughs> what do we think? What do we currently think about finally getting into this era after all these years, Jen? I love it. And John and Dave, they really are like like us, when I got a chance to meet with them briefly at Star Wars mm -hmm. Celebration last year, and they, I asked them just like a couple questions, and they just were going on, and it just felt like I was talking with with friends because mm -hmm. they have the similar experiences that we have of growing up with the original trilogy and imagining all these different scenarios with these characters, the same types of things that we did as kids, right? And mm -hmm. and I think that that's why I love the Mandoverse so much is because it has that heart to it. I also like it because we have such a variety in Star Wars content now. We can have a very serious, dramatic show like Andor, which feels more adult. But then we can have more of that swashbuckling adventure with the Mandovers. And I and I think that that's what people sometimes get, they kind of forget, is that we you don't have to like everything, right? Maybe some things, like I'm not playing uh, the video games because I just know I can't, I can't handle that. And that's okay, right? I'm not going to begrudge anybody else who likes those games. Um, so yeah, because again, I saw some people online criticizing the the Mandoverse and it just, it made me a little sad because I'm like, mm. they're, they're doing their own thing and they're very passionate creators and and <laughs> I, I love it. I, you know, what am I going to say? 
No, I'm with you. The joke's always made about, about Carson uh, Teva showing up and wondering what's going on and, and how that represented me is because I had a little bit of that like, eh, all right, Mando's in this five years after and where's Led? And I know realistically we can't get that. And and, and I I just remember at one point when it started to dawn at me like, oh, 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 I know we, we are in this era. And and, mm-hmm. and some of those things might emerge and it's not connected stories. It's not those answers. We always say it's it's just stories to learn and, and they're they're in the right spot. They're of this generation too, of, of uh, going in and, and, and finally getting a chance to, to look at EU legends and, and pull what works, pull what excites them. And that's why I think I want to, I think we're always trying to preach uh, not even beyond the speculate responsibly, but just like, Hey, brace for impact a little bit on your expectations. It's <laughs> not necessarily Luke is not necessarily going to show up if you wanted uh, all those kind of things. But at the end of the day, I really like their answers. This is a short little interview, but I just, um, it seems like they're having fun with this, Joseph. And how dare they? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is uh, a, an ongoing sense of fun, but also a sense of responsibility, um, a, a sense of, of depth, I mm-hmm. think. It, to me, is always, it's just fine if, if somebody's like, you know what, I enjoyed the first season of Mando, the first two seasons, and now it's just not for me. It is growing, it is changing, it's evolving, it should. Uh, Return of the Jedi is is different from uh, what became a new hope. The prequels are different from the original trilogy. It, it should grow and change and, and evolve as the characters do, as, as you said so well, Ken. And I think uh, the style of the Mandoverse and the style of Filoni has characters, generally speaking, very sincerely, a, a strong tie to the mythic, to the hero's journey that they keep talking about, uh, a strong devotion to continue to make the argument of we can put the the coolest, the darkest, the most serious, the most moving right next to the most playful and the silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just sort of a statement from these two creators and the entire team they've built up around them of what the kind of Star Wars they like. Um, so I'm excited to have them continue to explore that original trilogy era with um, perspectives to me that feel like they are growing out of the ingredients of the original trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. which is the, yeah, the mythic right up to right next to the deadly cool, right next to the very silly and, and mm-hmm. playful and, and the values of family and, and working together and found family and all those things. So I'm really enjoying the Mandoverse and I'm really excited for them to push into uh, what used to be Legends EU. And I feel like in mm-hmm. some ways, uh, Filoni's quote about the, and Favreau's about the EU is the most important quote in this, mm-hmm. in this discussion. The, um, mm-hmm. is it, it who, who's going to show up? <laughs> is it going to be an Avengers thing? Th- those quotes are interesting and fun to speculate. Is are Ahsoka and Din Djarin the main characters? But this quote from Filoni, he says, it's a part of the timeline that probably for me and you growing up with the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi was the end, but then you're always like, what happens next? And then when episode seven was set so many years later, uh, like probably when I was a kid, I never would have thought it would have been that much later, but it made sense. Mm-hmm. It created an opening where you go, wow. So a lot of the things that maybe we knew before are probably in there. How do we excavate that? Mm-hmm. And Favreau falls up with, uh, we didn't have movies, but we had comics and books, EU legends. A lot of that works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, at this point, they're just explicitly saying, even if it's not a direct adaptation of Heir to the Empire, I think they're saying we are dealing with those same ideas of mm-hmm. what's happening to the galaxy, what's maybe happening to our main characters of Luke and Han and Leia as 
they're trying to move on from the empire, but it keeps kind of grasping yeah. for them. How does that affect them? The stories that you imagine of when, when Luke goes, okay, I am a Jedi like my father before me. Well, what does he do next? What does that he mean? He starts yeah. his school. Um, Leia has to choose whether she wants to be a Jedi or help run the government. Uh, Han's got to struggle with being like, great. So now I'm just like a married guy. But I'm still restless and I don't really want to be part of a military, but I'm not going to let you know anybody you know <laughs> go for my wife or my Wookiee buddy. So I got to pick up my blaster and do stuff like yeah. All those ideas feel like they're kind of explicitly saying, along with the Thrawn of it, maybe the Mara Jade of it, that this is really what we're interested in. That's where we're headed is how does some of the legend storytelling fit in here and how can we adapt it to fit in with modern canon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And as someone who's who's been on the record to say it, I, I would disagree, John, to a certain degree that it all works <laughs> or it all worked. I, I I had some big issues. This interview, and I love that quote, Joseph, because it just it did get me going, well, they're pulling again, themes, they're pulling um what works, what inspires them. And it's a chance, follow me here, to actually go and just kind of edit some work that's already done, right? We as creators all want to go back and just go, well, if I can re-put that out there and, and clean it up a little bit or my perspective has changed and, and you know, it's that editing process, that rework and that rewriting. In a weird, weird way, that's the comfort I'm taking where this isn't uh, Yuzon Vong or Chewie in a Moon. This is something bigger. It's bigger, right? And if you if you love those stories and the Yuzon Vong joke always kind of hangs over a lot of these conversations, but you know what? They could find a way to make that work. I think mm-hmm. I have more excitement for it than I ever have just based on this little interview, which is why I was I wanted to get your your all, all your thoughts on it and discuss it. It was um, it made sense. You could see uh, the like I keep saying, but the fun, the passion for it, and what worked and what kept Star Wars going for them, particularly Dave during this era, because that was what worked for a lot of folks. And I'm excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, combine this quote with Filoni's really impassioned speech that he gave at Star Wars Celebration at that Lucasfilm panel about mm-hmm. the power and importance of seeing heir to the Empire standees at B. Dalton's in the 90s. Yeah. That there was, there's a huge amount of respect being thrown to to that era. Yeah. Uh, final very quick thought, too. Like, I, I think it, when I talk about adapting it into modern canon, I don't just mean, you know, the Mandoverse canon or the mm-hmm. Disney era canon. I also mean like, hey, when a lot of this legend stuff was written, uh, Lucas hadn't made the prequels yet. And a lot of ideas about the Jedi and attachment um, yeah. were not solidified into what is now Star Wars canon. So I think it's it's not just modern canon that the legends uh, stuff mm-hmm. is, is going to be married with. It's going to be like the canon of, of Lucas in, mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars and also in decades of canon. Mm-hmm. I really agree with that, Jen, yeah. Yeah, and like Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy also did an interview that was on the Entertainment Weekly site, and she was talking about what makes Lucasfilm unique is that all the creators are talking to each other, they all the departments, and she said that that's that, that doesn't always happen. And because they all are talking together, they all are kind of getting on the same page, and they're all figuring out what's going to work best for the story, what's going to work best for the canon. And I think that that's really exciting. Not to mention their in-house, you know, ILM, so to speak. Right? Mm-hmm. That also is a huge advantage. And so I think that what they're doing with this new era is really, really exciting. Excited indeed. Excited indeed. And you know, what would you tell your seven-year-old self going back to the- <gasps> hey, look, we're finally oh gonna get to answer some of these questions directly. So 
be fun. Be fun. We'll, of course, keep you updated on more interviews, hints, and clues. Uh, final thing of the day. It's our This Week in Star Wars History, looking ahead to Star Wars Past. And I, I want to look ahead to Thursday uh, this week. It's it's May 4th. And so there was an actual uh, posting about kind of where May the 4th be with you was first really mentioned. I was like, well, we're not going to talk about that. It's a, it's a complicated history thing there. Uh, we're going to go, uh, instead of looking back, we're going to look ahead to this Thursday. It's, as I said, May, May the 4th. And it will be with us all. Uh, what does this day mean to us now? We've addressed in the past that uh, it was something that didn't really exist for fandom. You, whether it was there or not, it just was a, maybe a, a pun that you acknowledged. But power social media has turned it into something else, Jen. And so what does this uh, day, May the 4th, mean to you? Well, it means for this year, I'm going to get Star Wars donuts again, uh, and I'm going to watch <laughs> the Young Jedi Adventures with my kids. And we've Yay. been talking about it, and I'm really, really excited. It's going to be a low-key but still very festive uh, Star Wars day. But in years past, I remember when really it was only Star Wars fans online that were um, – celebrating that even knew what star wars day was and the joke of may the fourth be with you the average person kind of thought it was a little weird like what why are you wearing all your star wars stuff is there something <laughs> going on now it's become and i you know not to not gonna be a grumpy fan but like it's become very commercialized mm -hmm. and it's all about these different brands that are trying to capitalize on it and some are kind of fun and some are kind of like Ugh. so mm -hmm. that's why this year i was like i really want to go back to what it is about and why i started celebrating it which was and why i made videos back in the day about it it's about a way to connect with fellow fans and it's really just a way to celebrate this this you know fandom that that I love so much and these stories that I love so much and and now sharing it with my kids that's what it's about for me now love that that's a great answer that is a great answer um oh my computer's updated we're all ready May the 4th is updated. We're updated here. Um, so, uh, Joseph, I, I know you and I have discussed this, I think, in a few places of, uh, yeah, we mm -hmm. don't really love puns or word plays, and I might have been a little starky towards this holiday in the past, but it is definitely something else. What does it mean to you now? Yeah, I think um, for me that that is the the growth of where I first encountered it was kind of early days of, of me being all in on social media. I'm talking 2010, 2011, 2012. Mm -hmm. May the 4th was almost like a meme on social media at the same level as talk like a pirate day. Like, yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Particularly yeah. with the way I was engaging with social media at the time was, it, it, you know, Twitter was a big party and it was good for my career. I was meeting people and then staying connected to them. And it was a time where uh, the the retweets really had reach and they made a difference. So for me, it was like, hey, I love Star Wars. Uh, I'm not big on puns, so I'm going to poke a little bit on that, that this is predicated on a pun. Uh, but I'm going to try to make the best fun-loving Star Wars joke I can and and try to connect. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been really interesting to see it grow. I agree, Jennifer, of like, yep, anybody who can who can print a Grogu on anything is like, yeah. <laughs> this May the yeah. 4th, the, uh, buy, a, buy a Grogu peanut, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, totally, totally get that. But I also think it has grown so, so far from a meme to where can real connection happen? Right. Um, I was, like I said, when I went to the Ben Burt, um, talk, uh, uh, this last weekend, um, at the Academy Museum, got to talk to, uh, one of the people who puts on, 
these events. And it was really happy to be talking about everything they had lined up for May the 4th. And one of the big one is it's like some crafts for family. Mm. Um, exactly. Get out into the, the, the physical world and connect with it, connect with other people who care about it. Um, I also think that the, that May the 4th going from a kind of a meme, a, a joke to a true real life celebration, everything from good real life connection to this avalanche of, of merchandising tie-ins mm-hmm. that to me, it, it's a reflection of how much, um, pop culture has truly become part of people's lives, part of the people they know, part of the way that they process their life and connect. And we have days, not just like May the 4th, we have Star Trek's first contact day. It's a, a, a little smaller and bleaker, but we have Twin Peaks Black Launch Day, <laughs> which celebrates not a great day for one of the main characters in Twin Peaks, but it celebrates the community that has grown up and, and how much uh, these stories mean to people. So I think that's, the thing for me is that I like May the 4th is a celebration of it, it, this is what it truly means to people. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see a screening of Return of the Jedi on May the 4th. And it's probably the most physical in the world thing I've done for May the 4th. And I'm really excited to see what is the energy? What is the vibe? How much does it truly feel like I'm going to a holiday event? Mm. Mm, no, I, I love all that. That's where I've ended up of just a chance for, I don't know, it's a chance for those those friends we have who don't listen to podcasts or uh, don't watch, uh, you know, Andor until it's out, been out two months because life didn't allow them to. And they're like, hey, you like Star Wars, right? This is a chance for us to celebrate it. And, and I love that. And that's something that I think I would have fought against in the past because I was a little more grumpy and snarky, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and that's where I was with you. The Talk Like the Pirate Day comparison Joseph is spot on <laughs> the <laughs> eye roll that I would give May the 4th um, yeah. after that and it was I, I celebrated every day uh, you know it was like when your favorite band becomes too popular I had them I had the EP before the album uh, and that doesn't uh, doesn't help yourself or anyone or, or the thing you love and, and I love where it is that now and yeah commercialized of course uh, and, and you can choose to, to push past that as, as we all three of us are there. And, and uh, I, I'm now, I've been added to a comedy show Thursday night. That's a Star Wars comedy show. We'll see how that goes. I don't know <laughs> if they've pulled Star Wars loving comics. We'll find out. But it's just kind of a chance to celebrate this thing on a larger scale. And it's a great thing. So there you go. From wordplay beginnings to a uh, galactic wide celebration of the thing we love. Uh, hope you all have a good Star Wars day this week. We're out of here. We're going to head on down the road, but here's where you can find us. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. Got a new episode of Figure Fights uh, the week after. That's uh, a great one. Uh, so uh, catch up to the first seven episodes on YouTube there. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of spots. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And as we said up top, you can uh, support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. So many wonderful new names, new Force Center friends in our discord you can follow me at ken knapsack go to my website kenapsack.com for links like i said did things uh, like tickets uh, to this uh, comedy show if you're local on uh, may the 4th but uh if you're not local don't worry just go watch return of the jedi in your living room if you can't get to a theater <laughs> uh that's that jennifer where can they find and follow you you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Jennifer Landa. And you know, Star Wars Day is like the Yub Nub song and it's now grown to victory celebration. The whole galaxy is celebrating. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. 
There you go. I, you know, I love <laughs> both songs there. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. just where can they find uh, and follow you and your victory celebration thoughts? We are free. We are free. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to watch that uh, with uh, a bunch of other human beings. That's going to be great. Uh, yeah, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Mastodon, uh, YouTube. Uh, all of those are under the handle at Joseph Scrimshaw, the name Joseph Scrimshaw. So just search for that and I'll pop up. Hopefully uh, more comedy bits and short films coming to YouTube very soon. Uh, I do want to mention again this survey. If you're interested in helping us out, it takes about two minutes, 10 questions. It is again surveymonkey.com slash r slash vjk8k79. Thank you for checking that out. Thank you all indeed. All right, that's it for this week. So for Talon Card, who's definitely on the way to Star Wars, we'll see you next time here on Force. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.